Who are we? Are you sure you want to know? I suspect we'll find the answer to that question a bit more than usual this episode, as we dive into our own memories and personal experiences growing up with Raimi's Spider-Man movies, as well as our recollections of the ancillary materials flooding our senses at the time as well. These are our personal stories with the trilogy, and I'm sure these stories of our lives will be perfectly safe for the faint of heart. I'm sure. But before we get into that, these weirdos all gotta have a name now, and I'm Peter. And I'm Sean. And this is So Much To Tell, a Raimi Spider-Man podcast. The Raimi trilogy is often talked about in relation to the nostalgia that people feel for it, and today, we're leaping right into that. We are. We're leaping right into that now. Sean, I want to start with our perceptions of Spider-Man before we saw the movies. Because I know for me personally, Spider-Man wasn't really on my radar so much. My pop culture world at the time, pre-Raimi Spider-Man, was uh, mostly Star Wars was my big obsession, my big cultural touchstone, along with like, you know, Spongebob as well. Um, which is maybe more of a cultural touchstone now than it even was then with all the memes. I would say um, so. But that was pretty much my pop culture world at the time. Yeah, I would say mine was uh, similar. I I think when I was a young kid, I definitely was obsessed with uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. And I watched those videos and those tapes just, you know, ad nauseum over and over again. Uh, I also loved the Toy Story movies uh, when I was a kid. I remember Toy Story 2 in particular was a big thing for me. Um, I had a lot of the toys. I had the video games. I had, um, you know, the movie on VHS. I mean, I just, I was obsessed with that movie. We had the soundtrack CDs. We listened to them in the car. That was like my first big movie that I remember really engaging with, um, with the merchandise and the movie itself and just being really excited for it. So I, I would say Toy Story 2. So like 1999, 2000, that era was when I became, that was like my first experience, just really engaging and being excited about a movie uh, to that level. Oh yeah, I just I just wanted to be known that you know I'm not heartless. I I was a big fan of the Toy Story movies as well at that time. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, I we probably had the same. Did you have the Woody's Roundup soundtrack? Is oh that what yep. you were yes, to? that's that was one of them. We took a lot of road trips in those days up to visit our relatives in Michigan, so we listened to those tapes and those CDs in the car over and over again. And oh, so I have cool. a lot of memories of uh, Toy Story two. You know, when I think about that time of my life, I definitely, Toy Story 2 was a big part of it right around the turn of the millennium. Hmm. Like for me personally, that was like, that was my first real experience, like really being excited and, and engaging with a movie in a very, um, you know, meaningful way for me with the yeah. toys, the video games, all the spinoff materials, which, you know, that definitely for me at least presaged a lot of what I would feel and do with the Spider-Man movies as well, you know, in the years to come. Mm. So that was the canvas that Spider-Man would end up being printed on for us. Exactly. Uh, I think, you, you know, we were both fortunate, you and I, we you know, were uh, both around the same age. We grew up in a time when we had movies, you know, around the turn of the millennium that had all these great merchandising and tie-ins like, you know, Star Wars, Phantom Menace was big around that time, oh, Toy man, Story yeah. 2. Uh, you know, they all, they all had so many toys and video games, all these promotional materials. And we just, you know, we ate that stuff up. And I think it really, you know, primed, it really primed us to respond to Spider-Man in the same way. Yeah. And we'll get into all the pr- promotional material. That was, was a cool time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Spider-Man himself, then what did you, you know, what did you know about Spider-Man? Because me, I was, I was kind of scared of Spider-Man at the time. Like, you know, at the time, the incumbent logo for the Spider-Man font was that like thin, you know, sinewy, drippy, like jagged yellow and red font, you know, bloody red, you know, it's a Spider-Man. And at the time when I looked at that, I was like, holy cow, that looks scary. I'm like, it looked like it was supposed to be like the Spider-Man. It looks scary. And so being a kid that was scared of a lot of things, I was like, oh, okay, Spider-Man's terrifying. Gotcha. Good to know. Okay. And I pretty much just avoided Spider-Man in my youngest years. I, yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you that my first memory of ever hearing the term Spider-Man. I know, I, I know, I, I know what font you're talking about. It, it's actually printed on the Spider-Man 2000 video game that uh, they made mm, for yeah. the PlayStation and, and N64. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you what my first uh, interaction with Spider-Man was in any form. It might've been, it might've been the first Raimi movie. It might've been seeing the amazing Spider-Man comic in the Sunday paper. Interesting. It might've been hearing my dad sing the Spider-Man song. I don't know. I really <laughs> could not tell you for sure when I first heard about Sp- Spider-Man in any form. So it could have been, uh, it could have been a- any one well, of those so things. So then when did you, when did you like first experience Raimi's Spider-Man then? Like, how did that 
end up coming into your worldview. Yeah, I mean, I actually saw the first movie in theaters. I remember uh, in, in school at the time, the kids I used to hang out with, I don't, I haven't really kept in touch with them, but I remember one of them was like really excited for this Spider-Man movie. And, you know, it was like May of 2002, whenever it came out. And I just remember he invited me and a few other people to go see it with him, you know, and his mom who drove us there. But I just remember we went to the movie theater and we saw the movie. And I, I don't remember anything about the th- experience at the theater, but I do know that we saw the movie and we were actually in the, you know, at recess the next week at school, we were playing games based on the movie, you know, like one of them was Spider-Man, one of them was Green Goblin. I was, you know, some sort of civilian bystander usually that ended up getting hurt by the goblin. Kicked uh, into the light pole. Yeah, that says more about my place in that group's hierarchy than anything (laughs) else. But yeah, you know, we were, we were um, playing, yeah, we were like, we were playing the movie out ourselves in the schoolyard there. We were definitely, I mean, it was definitely something we seemed to really enjoy. I mean, all the action that was, I think, you know, as a young boy, that's kind of what you're most drawn to. You're drawn to the action, the the fights. You know, that's that's what you really remember from the movie, and, I, and that's what we reenacted in the schoolyard there. And I know, you know, people had, um, you know, merchandise. I think I, I think I went to birthday parties and must have gotten. That's where I got like Spider Man, Raimi movie playing cards um, as like party favors. So I think oh, cool. uh, I definitely would say like you know, at, I think there's a good chance that my first exposure to the movies was, was like seeing the first movie in theaters, and then sort of reenacting that play role playing that at school um in those in those days. So, and I actually, I actually kind of remember being a little bit upset that I didn't get to be like Spider-Man or the Goblin because I was shoehorned into being one of the civilians that was collateral damage to one of their battles. Yeah, that's pretty lame. So, yeah, well that that dynamic I was definitely like, you know, the the lowest person, you know, I was definitely uh, a second-class citizen within that group. So that's but yeah, I just remember we were you know, that was all we did for like a while. We just were reenacting these battles. And, and I actually remember the one kid who played the goblin because I remember him saying the term impressive when he <laughs> pretended to like fight us and, you know, push us away. <laughs> so but in, in hindsight, you know, I'm glad that I saw that movie because oh, sure. it really did, you know, change the trajectory, you know, changed a lot of things for me in terms of my pop culture tastes and, you know, led me to where we are today. Yeah, I mean, I don't say this very often, but, you know, thank goodness for peer pressure. That's, I mean, this kid was a bit of a bully, but this was one thing that I'm glad I got bullied into. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, well, we all we have a direct line from that back then to our podcast right here, right now. So that's interesting. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, peer pressure or no, I'm glad you went. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, for me, um, I don't think I was aware of like the trailers at the time at least I don't remember and if I do I might just be fabricating those memories because like I've certainly seen them since you know I'm you know well familiar with like the uh you know the curves hell above the water in the the trailers that they had you know go for the ultimate spin I mean I've seen them since but I don't think I remember seeing them at the time but um what I do remember vividly is you know in middle school uh we would have to like move around to different desks for different classes and things and someone had left out uh, this, like, junior novelization of the Spider-Man film, you know. And uh, I remember being, like, drawn to it and probably, you know, crossing some sort of personal boundary. You know, I couldn't help but pick it up and, and flip through it. And, you know, there's, like, there's like eight pages of, like, color photographs for the movie in the middle of the book. And I was like, this, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. At the same time, though, like, it seemed... Maybe because of my pre-existing thoughts towards Spider-Man, it seemed like a little bit uh, like darker and more grown up than I thought was appropriate for me. Again, remember, I was I was quite the scaredy cat of a child. Uh, <laughs> and yet maybe that's part of why I was pulled into it. It was like, oh, this is some mysterious, you know, grown up serious stuff here. Hmm. And so, yeah, I was fascinated from seeing that that book. Um, as for me, though, my 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 dark you know, regret of my past is actually not ending up seeing any of the movies in theaters. Because like I said, I was, I was just too, too much of a scaredy cat. I I thought they were a little bit darker and more grown up than they were. But at the same time, I, I was also just kind of like jittery about seeing any movie in theaters at the time. Like even when I saw The Incredibles as a kid, I think that was 2004. Like I had to like excuse myself from the theater during the scene when like uh, syndrome's like bombing Helen and the kids in the plane. I, it just got too overwhelming I mean, for that's, me. That, that's how I was with movies back then. It's like this is too much. I'm out. You know, it's a, ve- and, it's a very intense movie though. I mean, I, I actually rewatched The Incredibles not too long ago, and it's a pretty. I mean, The Incredibles can get really I twisted. Mean, I, you know, my childhood low threshold for intensity, notwithstanding, it's a great movie. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's an excellent and well-made movie, but it def- I can definitely understand um, some of the scenes just being really scary and intense and, you know, wanting to you know, not, not uh, have to watch that because it's just too uncomfortable. Yeah, so I mean, you know, just to defend my own, you know, decision at the time, you know, not to see any of these movies, which is a shame. I, I wish I had. I, I hope I still can. I hope they re-release them at some point or something so I can see them on a big screen. But um, even then when Spider-Man 2 came out, I, I, I vividly remember that trailer. I remember seeing like, Harry pulling out the dagger and being like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, this is definitely not for kids. Right, right, hmm. totally. Uh, <laughs> um, and then with, uh, again, even with Spider-Man 3, you know, I was obviously, you know, significantly older by that point. But even yeah, then, I, I would have like, been like 13 or 14 around that time. I Yeah, I guess. But like, even then, I was like, when, when Venom leaps at the camera, you know, with the big jagged teeth, I was like, well... I guess I'm not seeing this one either, <laughs> uh, which is a shame. By that time, I was really torn because I did really want to see Spider-Man 3, but it just looked surprisingly intense from the trailer. Um, I mean, for what's worth, I did end up seeing The Amazing Spider-Man in theaters. <laughs> Got over my issues by that point. Um, I think I even kept my 3D glasses from The Amazing Spider-Man somewhere. I didn't. Even, I did not even know they had 3D glasses for that movie. I, I am surprised by how many things I saw in 3D. Uh, but, uh, but this is not an amazing Spider-Man podcast. (laughs) So then, you know, my first experience seeing the movies then would be like sneaking bits of it when it came on TV, you know, again, because I thought it was kind of more grown up for me or, um, on DVD and watching it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, uh, the same thing happened for me. I know I saw the first movie in theaters. I don't recall specifically seeing the second or third one in the movie theaters. I might have, but I honestly don't remember either way. But I do, I do remember getting the DVDs um, for Christmas a, a couple of years, you know, the one for Spider-Man 2. I think it was like from some sort of special Toys R Us, you know, package. Maybe it came with a toy or something, but I know it had like a, like a Toys R Us sticker on the cover. And then I also remember getting Spider-Man 3, or maybe that was the one that had Toys R Us. But either way, I know I got those for DVD. And I remember watching them on DVD quite a few times uh, when I was younger. They were always, you know, highlights of my DVD collection, which was which which was mainly like seasons of different sitcoms. But <laughs> I was always very uh, proud of my Spider-Man DVD collection. Yeah, and I remember actually watching the first movie on DVD as well because I remember watching a lot. It had so many bonus features. Oh yeah, um, it had like a little making of documentary. There was like a documentary about the all the hoopla surrounding the movie's premiere on the big screen. Mm. They had a little featurette about the video game and like the first three levels. They gave you some tips Mm. for how to, you know, beat those levels. I mean, they had a whole bunch of bonus features, which was really cool. Yeah. And I remember uh, spending a lot of time watching the the DVD. It was actually two DVDs. It was Mm -hmm. one, one was the movie and a little bit of bonus content. And the other DVD was just entirely bonus content. I just remember, you know, watching that a lot as a kid. I seem to recall it being yeah exactly exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because the first dvd was a pick was it had like spider-man on it but then yeah. the second dvd was goblin so uh, i just remember and that was back in the days just as, a, as another side note um how things have changed but that was back in the days whenever you had a choice between full screen and widescreen dvds and yeah, i remember and- we always had to pick full screen because that's just what our tvs were at our house so i remember you know i had the full screen version of the first movie i think i had the widescreen for the so other you had two. a full screen version of the dvd yeah, yeah, the, the movie, yeah, I had the first movie on DVD, but it was full screen edition, yeah. Because I know I've seen like full screen and widescreen VHS, but that's interesting. Yeah, in <laughs> fact, next year, I'm holding in my hand right now my uh, Spider-Man 1 DVD, uh, but it is a full screen special edition for Spider-Man 1. Yeah, that looks and looks remarkably like mine, except yeah, mine says widescreen. And actually, it turns out I had um, the full screen version of Spider-Man 2 as well. Hmm. But, like mine's in a set, and so I'm sure when you buy the set, when you buy the box set, I'm sure... You know, they don't give you the option anymore. I'm sure they're all full screen. I mean, I say full screen, I meant widescreen. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, no, like I'll bet you if you buy them all together, you get one or the other. But I know, I know I got these piecemeal one, you know, one at a time over the years. But yeah, here's my Spider-Man 3 DVD. This was the one that had the Toys R Us sticker, by the way. It was all saying that I could get a free Spider-Man web crawler, which I don't think I ever redeemed that. But uh, and certainly I don't think I can now. But <laughs> uh, Sean, you should have. Yeah, uh, but like like our Spider-Man ones are indistinguishable, except for mine says widescreen, yours says full screen. Yep. Hmm. So I didn't know they had... Uh... Oh, wait, they're not indistinguishable. We've got different covers. Yeah, that, yeah, you're right. Yours is like crawling up the side of the building. Mine, mine is like mid-web swing. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I see the back up here is indistinguishable. Yeah. With um, Pierre and MJ make it out in the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, this was this was probably my favorite of the three, honestly. Like I watched all of the bonus features here multiple times. I just I don't know why. I just thought that was so interesting. 
Yeah, it is awesome how much they packed it with bonus features. I mean, and I, that's what I mean. I think that's part of the reason, one of the reasons why I started to love these movies so much. Because yeah, you could really connect with it. It you know, was, it was like awesome. so cool to see the the art. You know, the the well, frankly, I think what I loved the most was the video game strategy guide that they put in the, on disc two. I think that was one of my favorites. <laughs> that was because <laughs> I I was trying to beat the game, um, so I, it was nice to have you know straight from the horse's mouth get mm-hmm. a little bit of advice on that. Yeah, well, then I also had the Spider Man two point one disc which I loved as well. Uh, you know, watching the deleted scenes, all the bonus content. I remember watching a lot of it with my granddad. Uh, I remember, you know, 2.1 had uh, like this pop-up trivia, which was kind of weird, but uh, but it was cool. And I remember being just absolutely enthralled with the, uh, the Spider-Man 3 teaser material on the 2.1 disc as well. You know, it's funny because I'm looking at my Spider-Man 3 DVD right now, and they only have a couple of special features for this one. They have Filmmaker and cast commentary, bloopers, Snow Patrol music video, and photo gallery. And that's it. That's Those are the only four special features they have on Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 2, on the other hand, like just not 2.1, but just 2, says right here with an extra sticker on the front, over 10 hours of exclusive bonus content. And wow, they have like a 12-part documentary about the making of the movie, uh, a special look at Doc Ock, the women of Spider-Man. They have all sorts of cool stuff here. They have like another behind-the-scenes look at the video game. Um, you know, commentary, webisodes. I mean, they've got a whole bunch of stuff on the second de- movies. Uh, yeah, DVD, the version the that we movie. have. Yeah, is- the DVD. Yeah, the Spider-Man Three DVD that we have. That's the the standard single disc version. I don't know why, but uh, but the first two DVDs were packaged uh, exclusively as you know two disc sets hmm. uh, with the special features. For whatever reason, the third movie they sold it as both a single disc and the uh, two disc set. So that's the version we have with a lot less bonus features. But what's lame is apparently that's the version they included on the DVD box set, uh, <laughs> which is what I have. That's super disappointing. However, I have here a DVD that's exclusively Spider-Man 3 bonus content. Uh, I got this a couple years ago used, so I don't know like what in what capacity this was, but it's it does have a lot more behind the scenes. Yeah, that that's a pretty long list, it. but the. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that was released in, in a different market. Yeah, I don't know. But the one that I originally had, Spider-Man 3, it was very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, like it, this one only has, as I said, you know, commentary, bloopers, music video, and photo gallery. Nothing nothing about the video game, nothing about the making of the movie. It's I just, mean, who the heck wants a photo gallery? Yeah, that's a pretty... Come on. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I think like if you're going to go to the trouble of putting in a bonus feature, make it something cool. Yeah. Don't make it just something kind of lazy and you know, thrown in there at the last minute, it would Absolutely. seem. It just like really put some effort into it. If you're going to go through the trouble of putting an extra feature on there, make it something really special. But um, Well, Sean, speaking of uh, being lazy, we'll talk more about our memories of the merchandising and the marketing in a little bit. But right now, we need to determine whether we are brilliant or lazy. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. I'm fire away. I'm ready to... Prove my worth here. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, because this episode is all about our personal experiences with the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, you may know the answer to this question, uh, if only because you were there for mm-hmm. this. Okay. But how many Spider-Man movies did we watch freshman year of college? Hmm. I want to say just the first movie. I remember we watched that first movie together in your room, and I remember we watched that together at your computer desk, I don't, because I remember we watched Spider-Man 2 uh, when you were living in the uh, different dorm elsewhere on campus, and, and that would have been another year. But I do remember watching that very first movie together in your room. So I want to say the, just the one, just the first movie. I want to say you're right. I want to <laughs> say that is the true answer. We, um, but then it, we, had, we had big plans to marathon them all, uh, but planning was not a major at our university. <laughs> Um, freshman year, we could only get through the first one, which we rewatched sophomore year before continuing on to the other ones. But we were just busy. We were we busy were, guys. We were. I will say, though, that um, I think one of the things that, looking back, that really drew us together as far as Spider-Man goes was that freshman year, we were both playing Spider-Man games on our Game Boys at the same time. There was that one memorable night where we were um, sort of playing babysitter to a an inebriated uh, party goer from somewhere else. Yeah, in the, a lot of shenanigans that night. No, but I'm just saying that I think well, that was one of the things I remember freshman year about Spider-Man that really we bought. Well, we, that's a great follow-up question, Sean. What games were we playing on our Game Boys oh boy. at 2 a.m. that night in the common room with all the okay. shenanigans? Um, well, I was playing Spider-Man 2, The Sinister Six for the Game Boy Color. 
Okay, I'm glad you remember because I wasn't completely sure. <laughs> well, I remember. I remember very well. It was Spider-Man Two: The Sinister Six for the Game Boy Color, right? Um, which is you... basically the sequel to the Spider-Man 2000 game. Yes, for the N64. And they also had the Spider-Man One for the Game Boy Color as well. I know the Game Boy versions are always a little bit different, but mm-hmm. that might have been another early exposure to Spider-Man. I don't remember when I played that game as a kid, but I know I played that game at some point and I really enjoyed it. And that was something else that really got me excited and into Spider-Man. Yeah, I just can't tell you if it was before or after I saw the Raimi movie. All right, enough stalling. Uh, what game uh, was I playing? You were playing. Oh, I don't remember the name, but I know it was like the European version because it was in French. <laughs> yeah. And I was called upon to translate some of the words for you. Yeah. I know it was on the Game Boy Advance or Advance SP. I, yep, d- I don't yep. remember the name of the game itself or what it was called in the US, yeah, but I it remember. Was, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, which I had accidentally okay. picked up the international version, and I was trying to get you with all your, your French uh, expertise to help me figure out what was going on in the story. Good times, good times. Yeah, it was, it was, in, I mean, I know I got some of the, I knew some of the words in the French version, but there were tons that were outside of my uh, purview there. But I, I remember, yeah, you were playing that and I was playing my Game Boy Color game and that was something we uh, really bonded over uh, that was Spider-Man related, but not quite Raimi movie related directly. No, but no, it, was, it all fit into this idea that we both love Spider-Man and we're expressing that in a number of different ways. I don't remember how we found ways. that out. I don't remember how we figured out that we both loved Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I, I wish I could remember as well. It might have been something we just talked about at some point. I don't know. Um, for whatever reason, I'm glad we uh, stumbled onto that uh, yeah, that little bit of trivia about each other. Yeah, no doubt. It's, no doubt. It's been so uh, it's rewarding been for all these years. So uh, the years do the years do fly by. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah they, they, the years start coming and they don't stop coming, I tell you. They don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Well, speaking of uh, songs that are notable for their involvement in other blockbuster movies. Oh boy, all right, hit, um, me. hit me. So yeah, my question for you is not about our personal memories per se. It's more so about what else was going on in the cinematic world at the time. Okay. Because as we all know, Spider-Man 1 was released in May of 2002. But that movie did not get released in a vacuum. There were other blockbuster movies that came out in 2002, some of which I'm sure you saw in theaters or were at least aware of mm-hmm. them being in theaters. So my question to you is, true or false, Spider-Man was the highest grossing film of 2002. Oh, man. Well, I would almost say yes, but I, I, know, I, I know Attack of the Clones was 2002 as well. So I find it hard to believe that Spider-Man was able to beat Star Wars. So I'm going to say no. Okay, you are correct. Now, I'll give you bonus points if you could tell me what what, what was the highest grossing movie that year and what number Spider-Man was. Well, I'm going to have to assume it was Attack of the Clones, and I'll say Spider-Man was number two. You are... That's incorrect, but you're pretty close. Um, And I think you'll be surprised at what I'm about to tell you here. But the number one grossing movie of 2002 was neither Spider-Man nor Star Wars. It was actually Lord of the Rings, The Two Uh... Towers. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but also makes sense why I wouldn't think of it. Star Wars is more my radar at that time than Lord of the Rings. Uh, number two was also neither Spider-Man nor Star Wars, but it was actually Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, I believe. Dang, also not on my oh, radar. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So, yeah. So, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets was number two. Spider-Man was actually number three. And Star Wars Attack of the Clones was number four. Holy crap. Man, I can't believe Star Wars got pummeled that much. I wouldn't say it was pummeled. It was a pretty close... The difference isn't too significant, but I mean, Spider-Man technically did have a higher worldwide box office haul than uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but man, I mean, that is sort of a surprise. Uh, I mean, I I guess maybe there's a lot of lost goodwill from Phantom Menace, perhaps? That's what I, I that, that was my thought. But yeah, so you know, just to kind of round out the top 10 there. So first is Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Uh, second is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Number three is Spider-Man. Four is Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Number five is Men in Black 2. Number six is Die Another Day. Number seven is Signs, which was a Disney movie. Um, eight is Ice Age. That was one that my family loved um, in those days. <laughs> number nine was My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I remember that movie being pretty popular in the early 2000s. And number 10 was Minority Report. So mm, those yeah. were the top 10 movie. grossing movies of 2002 by worldwide uh, box office revenue. A lot Did of you se- say Signs? Yeah, Signs, yes. That was number seven. A Disney movie? Yeah. Well, it says it was distributed by Disney. It's a Disney movie? Yeah. So. Okay. A lot of sequels on that list. That's a good movie, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, American Top 10 countdown, Sean. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. I thought thought it'd be interesting to kind of look at, you know, obviously we all remember Spider-Man from those days, but there were a lot of other big movies in that year as well. And it's kind of surprising that because, you you know, we, I thought too, until I saw this list, I thought that Star Wars would have been at the top, but uh, it was actually number four. Hot dang. 
Yep, fooled me. I, you know, it's funny because neither you nor I um, were really interested in Harry Potter, but I know a lot of people were in those days. And I guess that's why it didn't register to you and me that yeah. the Harry Potter movies Again, would be... Well, yeah, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, not so much my radar nope, back then. Not, not uh, at all. It was Star Wars that was like my big fandom at that point. Yeah, same here. So like, I, that's why I didn't think of Lord of the As Rings either. As a matter either. of fact, <laughs> at the time... Um, my mom got me, uh, she picked up a uh, science fiction magazine, Starlog, and uh, the cover story was about Attack of the Clones. In the top corner, you also notice that uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin appears. But at the time, again, I was pretty afraid of Spider-Man. And so it's ironic now because of how much I love the Spider-Man movies, but my mother kindly went through and ripped out all the pages of this magazine involving Spider-Man or the Green Goblin so as not to scare me, and uh, just left me the husk of this Starlog magazine for its Attack of the Clones content, which was really nice at the time. I mean, it's, it, was, it was very thoughtful of her to not to try to scare me like that, but, uh, but now I wish I had the interview with Willem Dafoe. A little bit of a benevolent censorship never hurt anybody, right? <laughs> Well, all right. I guess we, uh, we've we determined that uh, you're a little bit more brilliant than I am, Sean. Good going. I will say, though, I mean, my question was a little bit... Uh, I know you probably weren't expecting it, so I definitely... I wouldn't say you're lazy, but yeah, I definitely... Yeah, that's uh, the name of the game. It's interesting to remember <laughs> the other movies that were popular at the time. You know? Well, so now we've touched on uh, the video games, you know, the Game Boy games that we were playing that night. And now, why don't you continue us on that sure. topic? I, I, yeah, I'd be glad to. Um. Yeah, um, I I would say that a lot of my exposure to Spider-Man, besides the movies, was the video games. And I remember um, when Spider-Man came out in 2002, my family had a GameCube. And at some point, uh, must I think it was for my birthday or maybe for Christmas, I got the Spider-Man movie video game. And that's why I loved on the DVD they had the little bit of a little bit of a tutorial about the first three levels for you know how to find you know how to beat them, what where the secret areas were, how to get the bonus points, all of those things. So I remember spending a lot of time playing the Spider-Man one video game in those days. And, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's, I think overall, I thought, I thought it was a pretty fun video game on, in its own right. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to experience some of the iconic scenes of the movie. A lot of great Bruce Campbell content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's in there as the narrator, you know, through the tutorial level. He's a lot of fun. There's a, there's some pretty cool bonus features. Like there's like a, there's an alternative mode where if you get enough points, you can play as the green goblin. So you can unlock all of his weapons, his suit, the glider. It's, it's a pretty fun game, and I definitely enjoyed that a lot. It was really cool to engage with the movie in that method uh, through that, you know, that, through that sort of means, I should say. And then I did the same thing with the second movie. I remember playing the the second movie's game on on the GameCube, you know, two thousand four, two thousand five, and I'm, you know, of course, that game is pretty notable among Spider-Man video games because it was the very first one to have sort of that open world sandbox sort of style where like you, you're just swinging around New York City, you're kind of doing side quests in no particular order. I mean, there's a plot, but it's not it's not as linear as the other game. And so you're kind of more free to you know focus on anything that you're particularly good at. So like if you like, you know, the infamous pizza delivery missions, you can hmm. do that. If you want to take pictures for the bugle, that's an option. If you want to just explore the city and try to look for tokens. That's another thing you can do. There's like little rescue missions you can do. There's a lot of stuff you can do in the second video game. And I remember, My you know, balloon. yeah, the, the infamous balloon rescue missions. There were the sinking boat missions that a lot of people hated. And, you know, they recreate some of the other iconic scenes from that movie as well. You kind of get to go to a lot of the scenes and a lot of the settings from the movie, which is really cool. And I, so I remember playing that game a lot as a kid. Um, I really enjoyed the video games. They were so much fun and they were just a really exciting way to engage with the movies and the plot. You know, make your make make it feel like you're there. Make it feel like you're really contributing to the victory uh, or to the you know to Spider-Man prevailing over his foes. Uh, they were just such a fun and such a big uh, part of my uh, you know video game playing as a child. And of course, I played the other Spider-Man games as well, uh, not tied into the movies like Spider-Man 2000 for the N64, um, which is a pretty fun game in its own right. And then also the, that Spider-Man 2 game for the Game Boy. So I guess overall, what I'm trying to say is I think the video games were huge. Uh, they were just a big part of my childhood, and you know they were a really fun way for me to engage with the movies. And I think that was just one of the many factors that really whetted my appetite for seeing these movies and seeing them over and over again. Just um, you know, just feeling like I could be a part of the action, um, you know, through my video game console. There. Yeah, for me, uh, I don't think I had any of those games at the time. I mean, I think I mean eventually I got Spider-Man Two, the video game. I still think I need to beat the Rhino. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty which, sure that as Rhino you've informed me is. I'm fairly certain the first boss. Yeah. So I'm not too far in that, but I've swung around the city a lot. Had a lot of time, fun time doing that. In 2007, I did have the uh, Spider-Man 3 Game Boy Advance game, uh, which I loved. I I think there's 
there's a little bit of a a missing there's a little bit of a gap these days i think for these you know in your pocket just pull out and play yeah beat em up games like that you know the power of spider-man the palm of your hand just easy to pick up and play a little bit of spider-man and i think it gave you for for a handheld experience i, I feel like that game gave you a really good spider-man experience no i, I would agree 100 percent. i think i had a lot of fun with that oh yeah like i mean those game boy games that you and i played i know we both enjoyed them immensely but i know i mean part of it's just like you know consoles have changed and I, you know i don't see as many people with handheld consoles you know i mean there's the nintendo switch which is kind of a different thing altogether so i mean i know that game boys just aren't really as big of a thing as they used to be for you know for better yeah. or for worse i mean it's nice because you could have it on the go with you can have it in the car you can play it on you know if you're on a road trip or you're on an airplane you can you know take it with you and yeah, you're right. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a shame that, you know, people can't experience the movies in those ways, at least not, not firsthand. It's like, you can always like buy an old game while you can buy old copies of the yeah, game. I, but. I lament the loss of those video game tie-ins, you know, for home consoles or handheld con- consoles. Like you say, it's just a, another interesting way to like really get in and engage, interact with the movie storyline um, in a new way that really puts you in the center yeah. of the action. I miss that. No, I miss I, that. I mean, they I weren't agree, always 100%. good, but when they were good, it was a really cool way to, oh, to get absolutely. involved. Um, now, another memory, video game related memory I have of the time is a little bit more adjacent. There were, I remember there being a number of Flash games for Spider-Man 3 at the time. Hmm. I don't know if you remember ever playing any of those. Not those games in particular. I mean, I remember Flash games pretty well, but I don't remember anything for Spider-Man 3, but I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there were. Sure. Uh, if they did have sure, those kinds like of I games remember, there, there were some games where like you you picked powers to fight Venom huh. with as Spider-Man. That's interesting because what I like is like how like there's a little bit of strategy there. It's like you have to pick which powers you think will be best uh, suited to beating Venom. So I think I like that aspect. I think it like makes you think a little bit more than just yeah. having the powers and using them. You actually have to be a little bit strategic yeah, it was about it. Yeah, it was a sort of strategy. Pick out what powers would be best against Venom, and then hop into the ring and face him. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Playing that a lot, enjoying that a lot. In addition to the uh, one where you had to like climb up a building and like the villains of Spider-Man 3 would pop out the window and attack you. And I think they were actually both like video games for Hasbro action figures or something. Spider-Man 3 action figures. Unfortunately, I don't. I wish I could have played the Spider-Man games, but I know Flash games, you know, kind of have gone the way of the Dodo Bird. You just can't really find them anywhere these days. Well, they might be saved somewhere. That's I know true. there's a Flashpoint project that sought to preserve a lot. Um Another one that I remember pretty vividly was um, there was this uh, Spider-Man City Raid, hmm. and then there was like a Spider-Man 3 spinoff, Spider-Man Dark Side, which was, I think, mainly just like a reskinned version. Um, and then thereafter, I saw the more uh, legal, I suppose, like less copyright infringing counterpart to it, Shackle Man, which was the same thing, but instead of shooting webs, you're shooting like these chains. And huh. the concept is like the screen keeps moving. I think this was fairly popular. The screen keeps moving and like you need to like press your mouse on where you want your webs to shoot. And it's sort of huh. like a physics sort of game. Like, you know, you, you swing and you, 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 the, the, it yanks you. And there's like, it's sort of a maze too. You have to like, oh, I got to get up there. I got to get down there. And the hmm. screen's moving the whole time. And the idea is just to see how far you can web swing yourself. That almost sounds like an arcade game. Like I don't remember playing that myself, but that's kind of the image that I'm getting in my head. It kind of reminds me of some of those arcade games I used to play. Something like that. I think it was like a, a very formative Spider-Man Flash game, if you ask me. Yeah, so a lot of, lot of good uh, games that we you know had to play in those days. I mean, whether on console or on Flash, Game Boy. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of good stuff to choose from. A lot of very cool tie-in games. Yeah, a lot of cool ancillary materials. There's a whole, there was a lot of merchandise surrounding the Spider-Man movies. Oh, absolutely. So you know, when we're talking about the merchandise, though, we we can't escape talking about the toys. Yes, there's some yes. very cool toys from the Spider-Man Raimi series. Ab- absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I have some very fond memories of some of the toys I had around that time. Um, probably my the one that I remember the most fondly, and I remember the most vividly is my little action figure. It was like a six-inch action figure of what they called Battle Ravage Spider-Man. Now, they had a whole line of action figures for the different movies, but this was one from the first film. And they had, um, you know, Battle Ravage Spider-Man, and it was Spider-Man after he had gone through that final battle at the end of the movie against Goblin, where his mask is torn, you know, he has a lot of rips in his suit. He just, you know, you can see the blood on his face. I mean, they definitely really capture the essence of Tobey Maguire in that figure. It looks just like him. It's a spitting image. And they really capture, you know, the the beating that he took in that battle. I mean, the the physical scars. I mean, you can just really see it, all that detail in there. And I th- always thought that was such a cool action figure. I don't remember, you know, if I p- picked it out at the store, if somebody gave it to me for my birthday. 
I don't remember how I acquired it exactly, but I just remember I really played a lot with that. I had some other Spider-Man figures. I actually had like a Rhino action figure from some other unrelated Spider-Man setting, but I remember playing with them together a lot. You know, I remember having another Spider-Man figure that my brother had from the second movie that shot webs, which was really cool. (laughs) So those action figures were a lot of fun. I know I let my imagination run wild with them. And I I think I actually also had like a little lizard figure too, like, you know, the lizard from some other iteration of, of uh, Spider-Man. So I remember he was part of the mix as well. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard about your battle-ravaged Spider-Man before. I know you've brought that up. Well, uh, I, it I does just, sound like the pride of your collection. It was just, I thought it was so cool that they actually like took the trouble to make a figure that was not in pristine condition. In other words, like you're not just getting a perfect looking Spider-Man, you're getting one that's actually, it, it was battle-ravaged. Like it, it was different. It wasn't like every other action figure, it looks like they're perfect. They haven't suffered anything. But I thought it was really cool and distinctive that they made him you know, that he went through all of that combat with Green Goblin, which would have been just, I mean, we see, we've all seen the movie. It's just brutal. I mean, all the, the injuries, all of the punches, all, you, know, the, the, you know, just all of the abuse that he suffers in that battle. And I just, they really, really captured the essence of that. Yeah, with it does really put figure. you into the just, scene when it's that detail. It really like does. That. It really, it was really neat. Um, and that's just that was just one of many action figures they had at the time from because that I know first you've movie. mentioned before. I mean, that's part of what's so cool about toys, yeah. you know, is that, uh, you know, just like with the video games, it's a way to relive the movies with your imagination. Exactly. You know? Create exactly. your own little world, go on your own adventures. Yep. We're only limited by your imagination. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> on the one hand, make no mistake, this is the corporate juggernaut. Sure. You know, <laughs> raking in hand over fist, you know, it's cash off of us. But on the other hand, it really is. I mean, if you really care about the movies and the story that's being told, you know, the toys, the games, the books, the soundtracks, they are really uh, special ways to connect with yeah. the story in a new way, a new perspective. Yeah. You know, it was fun for us kids to have these figures to play with and, yeah, use our own imaginations to recreate these battles and, you know, pretend like we're, you know, we're part of the action. Yeah. And, and I remember uh, the I Legos a good being a big part of it. segue to another toy that I had. You read my mind there, Peter, because <laughs> I was just about to say that's a great segue to this other really cool Lego toy, I would say the other pride of my collection of Spider-Man toys at the time, it was this Lego set from the first movie. It was actually, uh, it was really cool because it was like a set about the making of the movie. So it had like a little cameraman, it had a little director who looked a lot like Steven Spielberg <laughs> uh, with like the hat and the glasses, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Like before I knew Sam Raimi, I was like, oh, okay, I guess Steven Spielberg must have directed Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah. based on the Lego set. Yeah, it's like, I think they were they were trying to claim somewhat disingenuously, they were trying to claim that it was just some generic movie director, but we all know who it was. <laughs> Lego can't fool us. But um, yeah, it was really neat because, again, it was kind of a different take on like the, on the typical toy. It was almost a subversion in a way. <laughs> it wasn't just a, like a Lego set of, the, of that battle from the movie. It was like meant to be a Lego set of the filming of the scene in the movie between Spider-Man and Goblin where they battle each other at the World Unity Festival. <laughs> and it's kind of cool that it's like, it's very meta. It gives you that like sense that you're filming the movie not just reenacting the movie with yourself, but you're actually you know, reenacting the filming of the movie. It's very, it's, it's distinct. It's like a little bit more nuanced, I think, than just a typical toy. And just the same thing with the Battle Ravage Spider-Man. It's more nuanced. It gives you a more complete picture of what these characters are going through. They aren't going to look perfect all the time, especially if they just have been fighting this incredibly powerful supervillain for the last you know, number of minutes or whatever, like in a very bloody, gruesome, you know, hand-to-hand combat battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, these are very nuanced toys, and I think they're actually more sophisticated than you know, they would first appear. I mean, both of these toys were, you know, I, now that I think about it right now, I think they were a bit more sophisticated because they were a more of a nuanced, more unusual take on some of these things from the movies. And I thought that was really cool. It is an interesting angle to take with the the Spider-Man set, like, yeah, you know, to actually be filming the movie Spider-Man. So you could play with it as if it really was Spider-Man or you could play with it as if it was as if you're filming Spider-Man McGuire. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like really cool that you they give you that a really interesting dimension. Yeah. And I, you know, it it came with Mary Jane. It came with, as I mentioned, the goblin and his glider. It came with Spider-Man. It actually had like a little rope that was meant to be his web when he's, when he was uh, web swinging. So like, yeah, you could like play, you know, just reenact the plot, the the scene from the movie there, which is fine. But you could also like pretend that you're filming it and that you're the director and that you're, you can change it up however you want so that it's different. You can take it a little bit further. Yeah. So I always thought that was really neat. And that's really cool. Yeah, like that was a really fun toy, I remember. Yeah, I never had any of the Spider-Man Lego sets myself, but uh, I mean, I remember like pouring over the sets in uh, Lego Magazine and the Lego catalog I would get. I remember the uh, Green Goblin looking very cool. Uh, I think 
the Mary Jane in that set, I, I seem to remember her having like a reversible, like smiling face and then like a damsel in distress, freaked out she face. She probably did. I, I remember it was like her in the red dress from the Unity Festival. Yeah. And then I remember the Dr. Octopus uh, figure looking very cool as well with hmm. all the, the arms and everything attached to yeah. him. Unfortunately, I, I don't remember that anything from the second movie, but that's oh, pretty really? cool. I remember from the time uh, being um, like really enthralled with this Lego stop motion film. That was, um, I suppose, produced through Lego. I remember watching it online at the time, and I recently rewatched it, and it's still very cool. It left quite an impression on me as a kid. It's still very impressive and very fun. You know, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's a stop motion film of uh, Peter as Spider Man squaring off against Dr. Octopus, and like it takes you through the different set pieces of the movie, you know, based on the different set pieces of, of the Lego sets. Hmm. And uh, it was called uh, The Peril of Doc Ock by Spite Your Face Productions. Uh, for anyone wanting to hmm. check it out. Uh, hmm. And I remember that. That was a significant thing I saw as a kid. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And it got me super excited for the Lego toys, which I'm sure was not entirely unintentional. But yeah, there were some of the coolest stuff for the Spider-Man movie, some of the coolest toys. I recall, you know, a Peter on his, his moped on his bike that shoots pizzas out of the back of it. Uh <laughs> I remember a J. Jonah Jameson action figure with real desk slamming action. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, they had so many action figures for these movies. I mean, they, yeah, you're right that they would even have a J. Jonah Jameson where all he did is <laughs> slam his fist on the desk. But, you know, that was that was just one of the collection. What can I say? I still have, whether or not I should have it or not, I still have my Spider-Man 2 electric toothbrush, uh, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't have. I'm, I'm sure I've, I've cleaned it with, with alcohol uh, shortly after I finished using it. But I have it. I still have it because it was very cool. Um, even just, uh, I don't think you get anything cool inside of uh cereal boxes anymore i think now all you get is like a digital code to go online and do something or other but uh, but i remember at the time pop tarts uh, had these uh for spider-man 2 they had like tentacle and web projectors hmm. you know like you would like strap it to your wrist and you, know, you 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 press down your your fingers like spider-man it would send a projection of a web at the wall i remember hmm. turning off all the lights and jumping all over the couches in the living room with that and they had um one that you wore on the top of your wrist, too, and you would press the button, and it would send, like, a tentacle projection to the wall, which wasn't as cool, but still pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty nice for a box of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Peter from the future, just swinging in to print a quick retraction. Before you go digging through mountains of old Pop-Tart boxes trying to find the Spidey Signals toys, it turns out they were actually prizes in Kellogg's cereal, such as Apple Jacks, Frosted Flakes, and Rice Krispies. All right, back to the show. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, we remember the web shooters, the water web shooters, and the silly string web shooters. Just, just some pretty cool toy tie-ins yeah, for the that, movie. Yeah, exactly. I, I only hope that the same amount of creativity was applied to the toys for the Webb and Watts, you know, Garfield and Holland Spider-Man movies. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I, I was just going to say that I remember, I actually, relatively recently, within the last year or two, I was watching some of the, you know, the commercials they had from the time for, like, some of these Spider-Man toys, uh, like, especially, like, the web shooters that were meant for more live action playing versus like, you know, with action figures or with video games. But yeah, I think it was great. Again, like what we keep saying over and over again, it's just these were a great way to generate enthusiasm about the movies to really get kids excited about going to see them getting dragging their parents to the movie theater. You know, they just really did a great job of making us feel like part of this world, this immersive world of Spider-Man and his villains. I mean, it's just amazing that what you can do when you allow someone's imagination to run wild. And these toys were great tools for, for yeah, doing that. Thank I mean, the gods just, of capitalism for giving us so many merchandising and tie-in promotional products I, to I, bless us with all this nostalgia. Amen. <laughs> a amen to that. <laughs> what a time. Yeah. I mean, even just the visual iconography of you know, the merchandise stands out in my mind, you know, in my memories. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm nostalgic about, you know, just the look of it. Like the franchise generally has a sort of like sunset orange sort of color that defines the marketing of it. I mean, mm -hmm. you can see it on the, the DVDs and everything. But I remember more specifically for like the first Spider-Man, like a lot of the promotional materials were sort of like a darker hue. Like they focused on like this like extraordinarily like blue eye lens of his yep. you know, rather than like the more kind of silver or reflective lens that he has usually. Yeah, in the it was marketing. like a dark, very dark blue. And it was in this little box that would say official movie merchandise. And I remember seeing that on the video game uh, carton, seeing that on the playing card, seeing that with the action figures it was on. 
you know, just every, I mean, as it, you know, you would expect, but yeah, like I remember seeing that all over the place, you know, tying all of these different products together. They were all, you know, part of this universe, you know, coming out of the first yeah, movie. So like even that imagery has like a special place in my mind. There was like a certain mystique, like that feels like very early Raimi Spider-Man, you know, um, very early in the, the legacy of the Ra- Raimi it, it, Spider-Man me- series. It, it does. When I see that, I rem- it definitely takes me to the first movie because I remember the second movie, the little official merchandise tab they had, it. I think uh, it had his whole face. It wasn't just one eye. It wasn't just one of the eyes on his mask. I think it was his whole head. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you know, there was a little logo that said you know, official movie merchandise, and yeah. a, a different little logo that said Spider-Man merchandising with like an alternative Spider-Man font, you know, the, rather than like the, the PlayStation or like the Sheets font that you, you normally <laughs> yeah. associate with the Spider-Man. It was like a different sort of font. But it's interesting, too, because um, like I, I know I have some products from The Amazing Spider-Man that have mm-hmm. that very same Spider-Man merchandising logo, uh, which is a little odd. But I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I um, well, I saw that on the uh, when I bought when I got the game for the third movie, uh, which was much more recent than when it came out. Um, it had that same, you know, Spider-Man merchandise in addition to the official movie logo. Yeah, it is a little odd. I mean, it's it's like the Columbia Pictures, you know, Spider-Man merchandise logo. Yeah. But I just remember seeing that. It felt like a strange crossover. What's this doing on this box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, then uh, when Spider-Man 3 came out, I mean, who would know that that was going to be... Uh, the last one. You know, the end of the, the Raimi Spider-Man series for the foreseeable future. You know, I mean, at the time, it just seemed like just... You know, a big release, but like, you know, you got the impression that it would keep going. But uh, by that time, though, I was absolutely obsessed. I went from someone who was afraid and trepid and sort of interested in this Spider-Man thing to being just head over heels mm-hmm. for the series. Which, um, I mean, that goes to show you that all this marketing worked perfectly in that it uh, made you so excited and that it oh, made you yeah. obsessed and that you were counting down the days. <laughs> Uh, till the movie came out, you know, like I think it. Per- I was literally counting down the days. I had printed out a poster of Spider-Man Three, the one with him with like his back to the wall, and there's the reflection and everything. And I cut a little slit in the poster, and, and like I cut out like a a small sliver of uh, paper numbered like one to I don't know fifty, whatever. And then uh, I had it wrote like days until. Spider-Man Three, and then like each day would sort of like move the sliver of paper, <laughs> almost to, like, like you're uh, down on the on the on the poster, almost like you're a prisoner, you know, counting down the days left on their sentence. But you know, <laughs> you know, you're just so excited that you you just can't wait, and you're crossing off the days. I mean, I that's, that's perhaps that's a, good, a little bit more of a darker spin on it, but yeah, well, something like that's that. The, that's I guess that's what comes to mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like in a bad way, but I just know like I I mean that sometimes in life you're just so you're really anticipating something like and you have such you just cannot wait and you're crossing off the days I mean I, I was know. I was I remember too you know it, as part of the lead up to Spider-Man 3 uh, Cartoon Network was doing a, a premiere of Spider-Man 1 uh, and I vividly remember even just the commercials leading up to that you know with uh, you know Optimus Prime's voice you know Peter Cullen in the commercials saying you know it's, it's a web slinging crime fighting bad guy bashing Beautiful girl saving, Spidey spectacular. <laughs> like those words, like echoed in my mind for years mm-hmm. afterward. I don't know what it was, but I was just so. What? I mean, that's I was just absorbing things about Spider-Man like a sponge at that point. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I know on those days on Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, they every time they had some special presentation, they really, you know, they went all out with the marketing, with the hype, with the promos. I mean, they you know would play these commercials all week just, you know, enticing you, getting you ready to watch it. And like, it was just, it was like, it was an event. And it was something that oh, you yeah. really, you literally did. Like you would put it on the calendar and you would circle it. You would <laughs> really look forward to it, you know, all week or all month or however long you're, uh, you know, counting down the days. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly was for me. You know, I, <laughs> uh, I marked the occasion of the Cartoon Network premiere by like organizing like a, a family party, you know, invited all my immediate relatives over, grandparents, aunts, to watch this premiere, uh, I made the most disgusting cake you could ever imagine. You've you've heard of this story before. I, I have, but it's it's a great story. I love this story. <laughs> well, in my mind, I had such a cool image for what this cake, this Spider-Man Three commemorative cake, would be. It's very it's uh, very creative. Yeah, so, like, I, I baked a cake and I baked a bunch of brownies and I cut out the brownies and like stacked them as buildings over the cake for like the New York uh, landscape, and then I. I had a bunch of marshmallows and I cut them up and like m- molded them into vague approximations as best as I could of uh, Spider-Man and Venom and uh, 
the Sandman mm-hmm. and uh, colored them in with uh, with food dye and that's, that's, icing. And it I, I lo- that's what I mean. The that, weirdest, most disgusting it's a great story. thing. I guess, but like, ugh, oh no, but it that's didn't, it. Didn't look anything like it did in my mind. But that's, a, but that's part uh, of the fun, though. I had it's Twizzlers. Like, that's I part like of the fun. Iced Twizzlers over with like white icing and spread it around the cake. Yeah, that's as a really if they were. That's a really like, cool idea. Yeah, that's webbing. like that, again. That's all part of the fun, and you have such a great so much to tell about it. I mean, it's like such a great. Uh, I do. Have that's so such a cool experience. That I I I honestly I think that like that level of passion just is so great that like these movies can generate that level of passion where like you're literally you know creating this out of cake. I mean, cake is a very difficult medium to work with. By the way, I mean I mean I've watched Great British Bake Off a few times. I mean, it's cake is not easy to work with. I mean, if you're trying to sculpt something out of cake, it's it's tricky. So I definitely give you props for doing that. Um, you know, back in 2007, you know, as part of this build up to Spider-Man 3. That's well, a really thanks for giving me some leeway on that, Sean. It's, well, I was, a- I was just so invested for this. You know, I also had this big ploy around the same time, you know, the lead up to Spider-Man 3 to get my school to take us all to the theater to see Spider-Man 3 as a class uh, under the guise of being like a physics field trip. Um, in fairness, I had I had a book at the time. Well, I still have it called The Physics of Superheroes. And uh, that was part of my inspiration. And uh, I remember staying up at night, late at night, after doing my homework, mm-hmm. working my way through the Spider-Man 2.1 DVD, trying to figure out, okay, like, what can we use? You know, I was putting together, like, a um, like an example of a test or uh, or a, yeah. a homework paper. Like, okay, so, uh, you know, let's say Peter Parker weighs this many kilograms. If he swings into Doc Ock with this much speed, you know, how much force is Doc Ock getting hit in the face with? You know, that was the sort of thing I was trying to do. Uh, as an attempt to like tell my teacher, we should go see this movie. Well, let's see. Force equals mass times acceleration. Yeah, mass times acceleration. Nine point eight. Negative nine point eight meters per second squared. Square. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And frankly, it would have been appropriate because Peter Parker himself is a he's a physics major, is he not? In the Raimi movies, isn't he? He's got the science award. That's as much as I know. In high school, he gets a science award. I don't know what he's actually studying. Something with science. I'm pretty sure in the second and third movies, he's a physics major, I think. Because I think Dr. Connors is a physicist. Because remember, he says, I'm not a biologist. I'm a physicist when he's looking at the symbiote sample. That's true. So it makes sense if he's studying under Connors. I'm pretty sure he's a physicist. I suppose you're right. And of course, in Spider-Man 3, he also, you know, references some some physics talking about the- The sound waves and propagating, yeah. Right, how sound waves propagate. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah, he, he was a physicist. Student. And I know my my middle school teacher was, I mean, I know he was a huge Spider-Man fan. I know he was looking forward to the movie. I'm sure if he could have taken us, he would have. Uh, I know he told me like he had collected like the Secret War storyline and everything when it came out, mm-hmm. which was the first appearance of the symbiote suit and everything. So I'm sure he would have taken us if he could have. But um, yeah, I'll bet you his hands were tied by the system. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we would have gone, that like every single one of those kids would become physics majors. I mean, how could you not? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like that's <laughs> you know, the that's the trouble. Taking a Spider-Man three physics field trip. It's it's so much more fun learning something when you're taking it purely from being a theoretical thing to you know making it into something you can envision and imagine and like you know want to actually solve the problem. So, so yeah, like, I think it would have been legitimate uh, learning experience, but also I was just like. Let's see if we can get our school to take us all to see Spider-Man 3. So, it was a noble attempt. Absolutely. I mean, that would have been such a cool thing if they had done that. But even just trying to do that is pretty neat as well. Like, don't, uh, again, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit there, Peter. I think that's a really cool, you know, ploy to try to get your, you know, class to go on this field trip that, you know, you're seeing the movie and you're also, uh, you know, learning something along the way. And in fact, there was actually an episode of Recess about that very idea of like, you know, the one, one of the characters, TJ, he wanted to see this movie and one of the things he tried to do was to try to get his class to go on a field trip by talking about like the physics or the the chemistry or something involved with the movie there. Really? Yeah, that was there was an episode. That was an of, episode of Recess. Yes, maybe that's where I got the idea from. Hmm. Oh man, so there is so much to tell about uh, nostalgia with these movies. Well, we've had a lot of memories to walk through, Sean. Absolutely, there is so much to tell. There really we've is. We've had a lot of memories to walk through, and we've had fun. We've had a lot of fun strolling down our personal memory lanes. But here at the end of the path, we find ourselves at a crossroads, Sean. In a little game we like to call, We Are Who We Choose to Be. Oh, I always love this game. These uh, counterfactuals here. I always I always enjoy this. All right, Sean. Well, I'm glad because I've got a question for you, Sean. Absolutely. Yeah, fire away. Sean, would you rather re-experience all your Raimi Spider-Man memories mm-hmm. or have the Raimi Spider-Man saga have continued unbroken up to and including now? I wow, that's an interesting question. Um, mm-hmm. So, would I still have my memories if you know the movies had continued? Like in other words, would I still have like all the same nostalgia? It's oh, just oh yeah, you'll have your memories. So so it's sort of a difference between you know we're 
pretty nostalgic fellows. We had a whole episode about our own nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So would you rather get to re-experience, you know, feel those vivid memories again, all over again, or have, in a sense, more memories, you know, have yeah. them continue on? I don't know, maybe if it would feel the same, if it would feel different That's... if it had continued, you know, like, would we feel differently about well, it? Well, here's the thing I would worry about if the Raimi movie series had continued, because anytime you have a lot of sequels and they start to add up, inevitably one of them is going to be just the quality is not going to be what it, what it once was. And I know a lot of people, you know, with Star Wars, for example, well, like they some don't... would argue that already happened. Well, that's what I mean. Like, look at the backlash that, you know, Phantom Menace got. Look at the backlash uh, well, that I was thinking about Spider-Man three. <laughs> well, but that that as well. But I guess I'm going to say that I would ra- I would take the first option there. I'd rather like that. There were only three movies and that all, all this nostalgia happened yeah. during a very formative period of my life. If I had been older with these movies coming out, I just don't think the nostalgia would have been the same. I think it was the fact that we were kids. Exactly. And kids that were very susceptible and willing to you know, engage with all of these um, other materials like the video games, the toys, Legos, you know, playing cards, you know, all this other merchandise. I think that's what really set it apart for us. I think that's what really made it special. And so I wouldn't change any of that. I would definitely keep that the same way. And so I would definitely like to... No, um, I think you're right. I think I have to agree with you, buddy. I think I would pick the first option there. I think like the fact that there were only three of them really made it special. Yeah, I think so too. I would rather get to feel those memories vividly all over again uh, from my past. And I mean... If we could just have gotten one more Spider-Man movie yeah. at the time, Maybe I think that Spider-Man would be great. 4. But as it is, I would just take those old memories again, you know, rather than have them keep going. Absolutely. I, I, I would agree with that. I think, I mean, definitely, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that it ended the way it did because I know there was some behind the scenes drama with Spider-Man 4 and why that wasn't made. But at the same time, I'm glad that the, we had all these experiences during a very uh, formative part of our lives and, you know, they really made such a strong impression on us. Yeah. It's, it, it has sustained and impelled us to act and, you know, feel these wonderful things all these years. So, okay. My question for you, Peter, is would you rather have front row tickets to Spider-Man in 2002 or front row tickets to The Phantom Menace in 1999, given the, the hype that had been building up to both of those movies? So, in other words, would you rather, if you could go back in time and, you know, without <sighs> having any sort of preconceived notion of the movie other than the hype, if you could go back in time, which one would you rather do? Would you rather see Spider-Man? With front row tickets in 2002 oh, or Phantom Menace in 1999? Well, as our dear viewers may have been able to extrapolate from how much of a scaredy cat I was about uh, the Spider-Man movies, I also did not go to see any of the Star Wars movies <laughs> when they came out, uh, any of the prequel movies, despite how much I was fascinated by them. Uh, in 1999, before that movie came out, there was so much hype. I mean, it was like one of the biggest stories in the country at the time. And likewise, I know there was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement for the Spider-Man movie. So it's, that's why I know this is, I hope this is a hard choice because I think... Yeah, I mean, it's frankly, it's very similar. I mean, this isn't a Star Wars podcast, but I've got a lot of similar memories about the merchandise, yeah. the trailers. That's what I mean. Because talking to, to kids in like literally kindergarten about the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh boy. Ah, oh, man. That's a good question. Would I rather front row seats to the premiere of Phantom Menace or Spider-Man? Jeez, Louise. Definitely at the time, I would probably have to say Phantom Menace because that's the one that was on my radar the mm-hmm. most. Um, ah, boy. I don't know. Those both would have been pretty incredible experiences because I should say, I should you know, make it clear, I love the Phantom Menace. Yeah. We both love the yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I agree. So, I, I... Uh, so that's what makes this a, a difficult decision here. Well, it, ah, uh, man. frankly, as much as I love Spider-Man, I feel like Phantom Menace was like, I don't say like it was an historic event, but it's like, I mean, just boy, like, I mean, there's, I don't think there's ever been more hype for a movie coming out than there was for that movie in 1999. I mean, just that there had been, there had been 16 years since the last Star Wars movie. People were just so, so, so excited about it. I mean, it was just, it was just like a a real, it was a real uh, cultural event. As much as Spider-Man is beloved to this day, I think the Star Wars movie was the bigger cinematic and historical events. So I think I would probably choose that one, you know, just to be, I, I think I would choose well, that. You know it's, what? Just, it's such you know, a big event. It's such a big deal. I mean, that, it, how could you not be a part of that? Well, you know, in addition to that, if I had to choose between the two of them, I think Phantom Menace just has like a much bigger canvas, you know, a more of a, more in its palette that it yeah. paints with. Like, I would think I would rather see those vistas, those images mm-hmm. on the big screen. That, that's you know, fair. They're a little bit more, it's a little bit more of a spectacle movie, even more than uh, Spider-Man. Exactly. So, dang it, Sean, you know, that, that was a hard question. <laughs> I know. I that know. was brutal. That was, that was, that was very difficult. That's what I mean. That's what, that's the point <laughs> of the game, Peter. You never know when some uh, lunatic's going to come along with, uh, with a sadistic choice. Ugh. 
Tell me about it. What can I say? That's about as sadistic of a choice as it gets. I yeah. mean, it's I mean, funny if that... I could do both, I'd absolutely do both. Nope, that's uh, that's not how the game works, my good man. Well, oh, I know we could debate this all day. I mean, I mean... Star Wars, Spider Man, they both carry a lot of nostalgia for us. Exactly. There's, and yeah. um, I think it's time we 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 send it off to our our listeners at home. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us as we uh, reminisce and relive some very fond memories of our experiences with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. We encourage everyone out there to share some of your favorite memories with the series with us. Uh, just take two buses and a cab to our Twitter at SMTT Podcast. That's SMTT, as in so much to tell podcast. Whether you've been following the series since James Cameron was attached back in the 90s or whether you just became a fan recently or you just discovered it for the first time. Uh, yesterday. I mean, whatever, whenever these, you discovered these movies, we'd love to hear about your memories of them, your impressions of them. Yeah, I mean, there, there's never a bad time to become a, a Raimi Spider-Man fan. Absolutely. There, I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. And of course, we'd love to you know, just hear all of your thoughts and comments as well. And if you're able, consider joining us on Patreon to help us make this show. Right now, all we got is this 20 for the rest of the week. So until next time... Godspeed, Spider-Fans! There we go. There we go. Good times. Good times.